is the ball even round in your in your version of of soccer? No, it's it's a tesseract. I play on a higher plane. Welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal to suck a little less every day. We do this sometimes by trying not to make the same mistake twice or thrice or whatever the word is for 17. My name is Chris Tonkinson. My name is Frank Colt. And this is episode number 015. That's 15er, recorded March 23rd, 2021. All right. So I have been um i've had interesting observations at work recently so um you know we're in the midst of so, uh, a little bit of of tumult it just recently came out that my uh, uh my company has been acquired and uh that of course is throwing everything up in the air um but it has led to i don't actually want to talk about acquisition or any of that kind of stuff but it has led to some conversations with my with my team that that uh, I, I f- some I, I had some interesting learnings from from the conversations. Let's say, so you know me, I am far far from a micromanager, and <laughs> to say yeah. to say the least, to say the yeah. least. I mean, if you want to go off and as long as you don't burn the building down and the work's getting done, I I, I don't care. Is is generally my my yeah. approach. It's pretty easy. In my opinion, it's pretty easy to tell when somebody's working and when someone's not. But anyway, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a very hands off, no, no leash kind of kind of manager. And what I am learning is that granting others on my team that level of freedom and more importantly, the personal responsibility can actually freak some people out and can lead to ironically resistance that they 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 don't want it that <laughs> they 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 find the the position uncomfortable and so i have come up with um i've been using analogies and uh, to to explain how how to operate inside that space and, and try and put it in terms of your your normal um widget worker mindset, which we all sort of start our careers at, you know, that's the sort of where mm-hmm. we're all at. You know, we expect the, mm-hmm. the boss to tell us what to do. We go do the thing. We come back. He tells us the next thing or she right. tells us the next thing. Um, and so I have found myself repeating my, myself a lot. No, really, you're, you're, you're good. You don't need to ask permission here. Go. I, we already talked about it. You're good. Go, 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 go do the thing. And now I'm also expecting to have to do that and expect to have to have those reminders to say, no, you're fine. You're, you're not off the rails. You're not off the reservation. You're not in trouble. Yeah. Go, go do it. The other thing that I am, especially when I'm teaching my, my managers, because I want my managers to have the same sort of hands-off supportive approach, is I have to remind them that they have to be careful when they're correcting behavior because you have given them a much wider playing field than they probably have ever had, which means they're going to more degrees of freedom, more degrees of freedom, more opportunities to screw it up. And you have to recognize that that your chances for mistakes are going to go up. And so you have to do two things. You have to be able to quickly 
identify when a mistake is happening to head it off as quickly as possible. And then two, when correcting those, you have to be gentle and you have to make it clear that this is fine. You made a mistake. Don't go over there. Go over here. And as long as you don't make that same mistake again, we're fine. You're going to make more mistakes. That's okay. And just keep going, keep learning, keep progressing. And as long as your your mistakes are failing forward, so to speak, and you're not you're not repeating those same behaviors, then you're you're good. But again, that natural widget worker mindset, oh, I screwed up. The boss is going to be mad at me. If I screw up again, he might he might fire me. And you have to you have to work proactively, very, very overtly and deliberately against that mindset. And so I have found that it's almost as much work. <laughs> it's almost as much work encouraging my team to take care of themselves, you know, as it as it would be for me to micromanage them in certain respects. And so I, I was wondering if you had seen something similar to that before. First of all, look out, folks, because Frank is kind of coming to fire you. Do you have? Did you ever buy that? Uh, it wasn't a hammer; it was a, a Warcraft uh, sword. Uh, or yes, an axe. there was the Doom Hammer from from the Warcraft from the Warcraft yeah. uh, universe. Yes, the giant. Yeah, he's going to drop the Doom Hammer on drop you. Drop the or the Ban Hammer. I remember seeing yeah. um, lots of people had little mini Thor. Uh, I remember Sis Admins little mini Thor hammers on their desks. Mm-hmm. You know, dropping the Ban Hammer on bad accounts. There's a yeah. there's a woodworker I follow. Um, and on his YouTube channel, he um, his his it's his video setup. He's got a giant mallet behind him with the word "ban" written on the. Oh head. my god! It's fantastic. I need that. Yeah. Does he yeah. does he make and re- recreate and sell them? Because I think uh, I need he, that in my background. <laughs> he he might. I don't know if I, he, he. I think he does. I think he's still doing commissions. I know he's he's been getting more into like the content work lately. I don't know if he still does commissions. Oh, you need um, it. But you I'll, need, okay, yeah, so I'll find I mean, out. I mean, we now we've talked about it. So link in the show notes uh, where I'm yeah, actually yeah, going to go and get it myself. Uh, and order yeah, his, his name's Mark Mark Spagnolo. He's uh, the the wood whisperer. Wood whisperer. The wood uh, whisperer. I'll link. Yeah, we'll we'll link to his channel and uh, and you'll see on it. I, I, most of his videos, you'll see it's just this giant. It's the band hammer. That's and awesome. It's, it's epic. Oh, my yeah, God. It's huge. The thing's got to be like the thing's got to be 18 inches long. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it looks like it's probably like a maybe a soft maple or something. So it's got some heft to it. You know, he really put some really put some work in got it. a little heft. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Frank's coming for you, folks. Yes. Look out. Watch your yeah. back. Watch your back. <laughs> You're not helping. I, this, is, this is not productive. <laughs> I that's not my goal. I clearly, that's, I mean, I mean, clearly, yeah, goal. yeah. This is not my goal here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just pulling a bait and switch. No, I want you to feel comfortable and then strike. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. So anyway, you like have the you, fear what about, in their eyes? Yeah. So what about you? And, yeah, and, yeah. And your team and the, and the freedom ship thing, or do you hold do you hold a tighter leash on them than I do? No, no. And often I, um, often I want it because I have the same inkling. Um, I don't I don't thrive well being micromanaged and I do not micromanage. I expect that you understand what the goals are and what the objectives are and that you have the authority to go and do things and let me know when you need me. That's my that's my attitude. I, I have the same the same general approach. And it has at certain times um, it has it has come to bite me, particularly when I've made a bad hire, um, then it then it kind of tends to to bite you a little bit. 
Um, so, you know, the answer there is just uh, higher good, <laughs> higher hmm. gooder. Yeah. Um, but also heading which, off so those mistakes, a, too. Like, if right, you see right. somebody and then, going and then off. It is, yeah, it is it is practice getting out in front of things and it is important to get out and and course correct early. We talked uh, a little while ago, um, you know, nobody I, I don't fire somebody out of the blue. Right. You know, it's coming by the time we get there. People don't have questions. They're not confused when I call them and HR is on the line. Right. right. That's that's not a confusing time because we started and I made a comment and then I made a statement and now I told you explicitly and the heat turns up a little bit each time till we get to the point where it's very clear that we're just not meeting the expectation and, and you know, we need to we need to find you somewhere else to be. But you are uh, the the uh, I'll I'll tell my managers that they are they are the CRO. They're the chief repeating officers. Right? If you're in management, you are the chief repeating officer for your team um, because you have to repeat things. You have to repeat things. What are our principles? What are our goals? What are our our core operating? What are our values on this team? What do we care about? <clears throat> you know, to the point where. I, th- I think some people that if if they're getting if if you're at the level where people are hearing you in their head as they're getting to decision points and they're like, ooh, that's gross. He said that so many times that now I'm thinking of it like, OK, that's where <laughs> that's that's the goal. That's where that's you want to get. Be. Right. Yeah, that's where you want to um, be. And I have I have this habit and uh, well, I said it. I said it. I, I told. I, I said it, and he was listening. And so I expect that now he knows it, and he uh, imbibed it. He integrated it into the very fabric of his life, and so that is now his operating principles. No, that's that's not helping. You got to repeat it. You got to say it again. And and the trick is not just to repeat. There are certain things that I will repeat verbatim because I really just want to drive the message home. Um, but oftentimes I will repeat it verbatim. There's a little a little tagline, a little slogan for this ideal. Um, but then I'll also I'll bring in analogies and I'll say it in different ways because a lot of times um, you know everybody's got a different learning style um, and certain things strike people one way and not another way. And so I'll try to say it the same idea, but I'll try to come at it from a bunch of different angles over time, mm-hmm. um, thinking that thinking that maybe it'll stick with one person if I say it this way, and it'll stick with somebody else if I present it that way. Yeah. Um, but it is essentially just saying the same thing. Over and over. And one of the things that I always say is mistakes are okay. I want you making mistakes. I want you making mistakes one time. Right. Because if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying, you're not pushing the envelope, you're not doing, you're not, you're not progressing if you're not making mistakes, right? Progress is messy. And so, and it's all right if you make mistakes. I want you to make them once because once you make it, I want you to learn from it and not repeat it twice right. or thrice or 17 times. And right. so, um, I always tell my people, I want you making new mistakes. That's I want you making new mistakes. Yeah. And um, see, that's why I, I don't have the same concerns around new hires that maybe you do, because I, the open field, I feel like actually calls those weak performers out quicker because they have so much room to make mistakes. And they if a if a, if a hire is not working out, it tends to not work out in one or two directions, you know, there's a particular behavior or, or, or shortcoming or something, and it keeps popping up. And so to the point of only make the mistake once, they don't make the mistake once they make it two, three, four times. And it becomes very evident. Okay. 
this is this is right. not going to this is not going to work. So I actually find it to be useful with those people because they can't hide behind the policy and the process and the procedure and, and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to hide in an open field. It's much easier to hide in the trees. In the woods, yeah, in where things woods. are not clear, occluded by a bunch of bullcrappery, you know, Ooh, you know the kind occluded. of corporate word of the day, yeah. right there. Occluded. Occluded. Word of the day. Are we gonna start doing the word of the no, day? No, it just, no, it's just a good word. I, I, it know. is. I'm a, I'm a bit of a bibliophile. What can I say? Oh, are you now? Mm, okay, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. okay. Great. Yeah, I great. did that. That's right. <laughs> I did that. So I I have come up with this analogy uh, to to get people's minds around this sort of like you were saying about repeating yourself over and over again and mm-hmm. uh, just probably because a familiar uh territory for me i talk about it in terms of a team on a soccer field and you can use this analogy from pretty much any level from the ground all the way up so you have the field the field is all of the different things that you could do And there are lines around the field. Those are the things that you absolutely do not cross. But the field itself defines literally everything. So one, you know, portions of the field are attack versus defense. So you have internal versus external responsibilities. You've got sales versus sysadmins versus marketing versus development versus management. It's all, all of it is on the field. Like the entire field, the entire field represents the company. And you are assigned to a certain position. Now. Weak, weak employees like the ones you're talking about are kind of like the four year olds, you know, the, the, the tykes level of soccer where the ball is going around the field and everybody's just kind of chasing the ball. <laughs> just one like, clump just, just, of humans. Giant <laughs> clump of human just running around the field <laughs> or or the weak performer is at the same level. The one kid off by himself sitting on the ground picking eating, clovers picking and eating grass right exactly yeah and so not doing anything even remotely approaching the work so so those are your weak performers and then you get up and comers at least doing the job and those are that's kind of like your your 10 year olds where at that level you assign them a role and you actually tell them, okay, in your position, this is your part of the field. And you and you actually subdivide the field because the field is normally just a giant rectangle for intents and purposes. I'm going to skip the- Normally a rectangle. Sometimes soccer fields are triangular or- what Actually- it, What well, kind of no. soccer do you play? <laughs> so actually they, no, they won't be triangular or trapezoidal. However, <clears throat> they can- Pentagonal? Act, Pentagonal? They, they can vary on width and length and width. They, they actually, there is not a, uh, a defined standard. Uh, FIFA actually has one, but it's, uh, it actually has variants inside of it. Oh, so different just, fields, I didn't know that. Yeah, I so they can something. actually be different. It's not like an NFL football field, which is you, always you exactly 100 that. yards. All right, so I learned something, and you weaseled out that really deftly, but what you said was <laughs> they're not, they're rectangular, not the size. <laughs> Yes. Yes, they they are rectangular. You, you you got me. It's 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 all the consistent shape, okay? Fine. Bazinga. Oh, he's got a board. Oh, <laughs> I have a board. He's got a board. Well, this is just going to get this is going to get in Boise in a hurry. <laughs> we a promise, I promise not to sh- turn this into a morning zoo type uh, phenomenon. In the morning. <laughs> Shout okay. out to the podfather. That's right. Right. So, uh it 
So you're again, you're 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 your entry level or decent enough worker is kind of like that eight, nine, ten, ten year old. Year old. So I you, take the you field. give them a spot to play, but then you subdivide and you say, look, you have degrees of freedom to move within this area. It's a small. OK, so I take the field yeah. and I knock the field down even further. OK, here is your space on the field. You can go forward a little bit. You can go backward a little bit. You can go left and right a little bit. But you stay inside this defined space that I this explicitly defined space that I've given you as you get older playing soccer, as you gain years of experience, your box that you operate in slowly and slowly gets bigger and it gets a little bit wider. This is how you are advancing in responsibility. There's still a home. There's still a home base area that you still want to land back in your general role, but your ability to stretch and go outside of that gets you, know, you get a little bit more responsibility and it starts to bleed over into the roles and responsibilities of others yeah. on the field. And so now you have these overlapping uh, sort of like Venn diagram circles. And so there's a little bit of area that you're both yeah. or, you know, actually multiples of you, depending on what you're doing, are double and perhaps even triple covering based on based on the needs. Right. Right. And, but you're still sort of locked into that. Space. You still have your pentadecagon, but it's gotten a little wider <laughs> and it's overlapping. Yeah, no, I right. understand. OK. And so this is a back to the in the business world. This is somebody who has uh, you know advanced a fair degree, understands the field, understands the rules, understands their role in it, has has a has a bit of awareness, but is not fully capable of, you know, doing every job on the field. Okay. Well, this process just continues, excuse me, this process just continues over time until eventually your individual spot assignment, you still have your starting spot on the field. You still have your home base posture for where you're going. But eventually that subdivision around your role vanishes. You still have your roles and your responsibilities, but now, depending on what actually needs to get done, depending on the situation in the game, you might end up on the complete opposite side of the field. You may, if you're on defense, you might be pushing offense. You know, if you're on the back right corner, you could be front left because of some situation that wound up happening. And you understand your role and you you saw the opportunity to slide in there and, and help and support, but you're now out of position. And so, yeah, you're helping because the situation demands it. But now your slot back over there is you lost coverage. It, you've lost coverage. And so one of two things happens. Either that spot is not covered, which, you know, for a temporary thing might be OK. If the situation if, if the situation you're developing is not over there, then it might be OK to kind of we're, we're getting really deep into this analogy. But sometimes you go, oh, this goalie. This is why this is I love this analogy because it applies to literally any business situation that I can that I can think of. So, so sometimes that spot may be empty because of the situation that might be OK, or maybe somebody else from your team has shifted their position to perhaps support or cover you and their own position. Or maybe now their position is out there. Again, it's fluid. And so. Knowing the full field and having a, a full awareness of what's going on allows you and empowers you to make that that move. But only if the coach, your manager, says that is is on board with that. And so that's why I'm big on this on this 
freedom model, because if you don't have that, that player will never actually proactively go outside their little box. You have to actually say there is no box. Get your ass over where it needs to be to get the problem solved. And I'm over here to support you and help you, but I'm 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 not on the field. I'm out of your way. Do your thing as best you can. And if you have problems or questions, you you come you come back and and ask me. Okay, so now we've we're in this hypothetical situation where you know uh, the player is completely out of position. You've got an engineer who's doing some marketing work because of some new initiative based on work that they've done for you know hypothetical purposes, and so they're out of position doing their development. It, they're not doing development. Instead, they're doing marketing stuff. Well, yeah, they're going to help with marketing. Chances are that's not where their passion is. That's not where their skill set really is. And when you are, are you familiar with um, StrengthsFinder? The the Clifton no. StrengthsFinder. Okay. So this is a, it's not a personality test, but I'm not sure. I was sure. just going to say, is this some Myers-Briggs bullcrap? No, 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 no. Yes, Myers. It's so funny. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. Myers-Briggs is total bunk. It's total it is hokum. Total it's a, you, garbage. It is garbage. Look, anybody within the sound of my voice, take <laughs> take four minutes and look into the history of Myers-Briggs. Your eyes will be open to what nonsense, what utter hokum that is. Mm-hmm. Yes, a hundred percent. I have because this just came up. I have a link and we will include it in the show notes that actually summarizes with sources all the different ways that Myers-Briggs is garbage. So I'll include that. Um, that being said, Clifton Finder, actually based on real science by a real psychologist. And the baseline premise is we all have strengths in different things. That implies that we have weaknesses too, but we want to identify our strengths and then play to our strengths. And so um, a lot, so, some, some, some styles of, of work actually, uh, you know, suggest uh, elevate, practicing your weaknesses, elevating them, working those muscles to get them up. What's the idea, the idea coming from like classical, like liberal arts, educational type setting where you want to be well-rounded. Right. And there is, and there is value to that. Don't get me wrong. The notion here though, is that, um, yes, you can elevate strengths, but there will always be a, there will always be a breaking point, uh, where you have been outside of your strengths zone for so long that it starts to actually wear you out and uh, working and operating outside your strengths takes more energy and takes more focus. It increases your stress level faster. So you're not working as efficiently when you're outside of those. But yeah, that's that's the issue with it. What's the ROI? Right. right. And so I don't think well-rounded to me being well-rounded means you have your specialty. You have, you've identified your area of operation and you have minimum requisite proficiency in the other stuff. Yes. Right? I don't need you to have a bachelor's equivalent of English literature so that you can write code. That doesn't, can you read, can you write, can you speak? Done. Okay. You're well-rounded enough for the purpose. Move on and go focus on what makes you special. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yes. Um, and and to, to carry your analogy forward, uh, the developer wants to write code. That's, that's, that's their, that's sort of their natural posture. They like how that operates and that's that's where their strengths lie and it it does not lie i'm going to go back to my analogy here in marketing marketing is a completely different skill set you're focused on 
you know, marketing, advertising, um, uh, personas. It, it's an entirely different job, different skills, different focus. A person who's an engineer mindset, and, and this is hypothetical because some people can actually, I, I can imagine an engineer who's got strong marketing background. That's actually a thing I can see. But let's assume for a second, you know, we that's not the case here. Staying outside of your of your strength is going to is going to tax you faster. And so your initial work might be good, but you're going to trail off pretty, pretty quickly and you're going to and you're going to start to burn out. So go back to my soccer field analogy. You've got this player who's way out of position. They're not they're not fully familiar with that role because that's not their role. They understand enough of it to sort of go over there and do a little bit of it, but they're going to need to fall back into their position. One, because somebody's got to cover that part of the field. And two, that's where their natural strengths lie. And so, yes, yeah, so you're, you're focusing, you're, you're focusing on the, uh, you know, it, you, you don't have the staying power. You may, you may show up strong, but you're going to wear out. It's, you know, it's, it's awkward. It's, it's going to tax you more. And that's, that's all perfectly true. My mind went straight to the opportunity cost of not doing the thing that you're actually best at. Yes. Yeah, for, for sure. That's uh, you, you're, because yeah, because you're out of position, you're not doing the thing that you should should be doing and are and are yeah. are best. Yeah. At. That's where the that's where the soccer we we find the edges of the soccer analogy because yeah. if the ball's not over there, then but in real organization, the balls are everywhere. So you, you know, there's I mean, yes, I mean, let's yeah, let's, let's keep this on a level. But you know, for example, I was a defender. No, I just mean I just mean I like being clear when I'm I've I've learned uh, I you know I love analogies and and I'm, I'm, I'm okay at them. Well aware. <laughs> <laughs> um, Holy uh, crap! I've, can this guy an- analogize? An- analog- analogize. My uh, it was analogized. Learned, though, I, I got it right. You 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 got it wrong. Remember, word guy, right here, right here. This is the word oh, guy. Oh, the bibliophile. I forgot. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I've I've learned of late to be very careful and point out the edges of the analogy. Number one, because somebody may accidentally take it too far. Number two, so that I can check to make sure I'm not sh- stretching it too far. And number three, so that somebody else doesn't turn it around and blow it back in my face. Oh, but if, you know, you do this, then uh, that's going to happen. And then it's no. OK, so I just get ahead of that and say, look, this is this is where it starts to break down. Um, really, I'm just here to point out how wrong you were going to be mm-hmm. um, and try to keep the show on track is ultimately mm-hmm. my goal. Yeah. So I've actually uh, I just realized and and I've. I, I had to look it up and double check myself um, because uh, in the case you used the wrong word, I used the wrong word. So bibliophile is love of of love of books, not love of words. Uh, The word that I was thinking of was sesquipedalian. So, yeah, that's that's, the word. That's that's the word word I was thinking thinking of. of. It is. You were thinking of that word. I was thinking of sesquipedalian, which is uh, love of big complicated words <laughs> but what you said was love of books what i said was love of books in the moment i i brain farted so you know what? i gotta give myself i gotta give myself one of you could not be more wrong <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah so in a real business in uh, uh, in a real business there are there are lots of balls all over the place and i look at the opportunity cost of you not playing your strongest position and like you said, sometimes it's necessary for somebody to go, you know, stray far to the left and and help somebody else out or fill a different position that's got, you know, right, temporarily right. a broader need. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. For example, so um, and I can bring this back to sort of a real world analogy. I was a defender when I played. And uh, by the time I was 
you know, I, I, I played soccer up through high school and, um, and then I did intramurals and stuff like that, but I knew the field and I knew how to move around the field. And so it was not uncommon for me later in, in my career, I'll put air quotes around career. Uh, it was not unusual for me in my later in my career to end up in a situation way up on offense and doing some kind of a fast break and ending up in a position where a, a winger or a striker would actually normally be. But because of how the play had landed, yeah. I was in the position for the opportunity and I broke and I got to do that play. I am six foot, 220, 230 pounds. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. I can move. Most of that's muscle. I can move really fast, but it's short lived sprint. And so I can do one of those breaks and then I'm done. And I, and I have to, <laughs> to trot back to my spot and I have to and catch then, my breath. And then Frankie is Tywood. And, and I have to trot back to my spot and I have to catch my breath before I can do it again. Whereas a, a, a striker, they're usually small, lean little guys yeah. and they are just fast all the time. And that's not me. But I can do that occasionally. OK, so it's the same idea here. And, you, you know, you wear yourself out, you wear yourself out faster. Um, but um, you know, the nice thing about this analogy is that, um, I was using it with a manager and then I used it with, I, I used it with the manager so that he could use it with his team. I used it with one of the engineers as part of our organization and used our org as the analogy. And it just plays really well, um, and, and is fairly comp, uh, comprehensible. Um, and so I have started using that to try and get people to understand, uh, the nature of the freedom, because what I think happens is going back to what I was talking about when we started, it's, it's sort of decision paralysis. As soon as you give somebody the freedom to say, yeah, go. And then you just let me know when you're doing and when you've got ideas and, and then they just immediately go uh, uh, and pass out. And so well, and so many people, so many people don't have, you know, there if you're if you're reading medium and looking at LinkedIn and if you're listening to podcasts and you're in the startup scene and you're, you know, it's it's so easy to get the idea that everybody's hustling and everybody wants to be yep. a business owner and everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and everybody wants to start a side. But it, it's not true. Most it's people, not, they want to go to work. They want to do a good job. They want to go home. And they just they don't want to have to take on responsibility that they haven't been asked to do. They they want to go show up, do their work, and go home. And that's way okay. And it's really easy to get sucked into this mindset that, well, why shouldn't you be taking ownership of all of these other things? Because it's not it's not appropriate in all cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do really like the soccer analogy because it, it's what it helps with. It. So I've 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 approached this as well. Like um with my team, there's there's one thing that uh, that has come up uh, for no specific reason, but it's come up lately, and I've had to make the uh, make a statement. You know that uh, there's a there's a hierarchy because decisions have to be made, and there's got to be accountability, right? Pure democracy is a terrible idea, and it's no way to run a business. There's got to be an org chart, and so decisions right. have to flow in a certain direction. But outside of that structure. We are a team. And I actually got kudos from some more than once I've gotten kudos because oh, I say oh, have you now. Oh, look at I me. have. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, am I, I have awards if, on my desk too. Should it. I should I go get them and we can talk about them? Huh? How about that? Now, now that you mention it, I am pretty fantastic. Thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> now that I mention it, now that I mention it, okay. You brought uh, it up. Is that, with is your words? Oh, I mine. brought it up. That's how that happened. <laughs> you know, we're recording this, right? I can hit replay on this I whole conversation. No, you will find you, you will find the record uh, supports my claims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, continue. Sure. <laughs> So I've actually I've actually had people with give me positive feedback over time because recognizing that I go out of my and I do this is intentional on my part I say we and us and not my team right mm-hmm. I don't say yeah. I'm going to do this or I will make sure this gets done it's it's we'll get this done for you how are we going to solve this let's get ourselves together and and fight through this um and that's been and and that's and so I, I try to make the point that, you know, there there is a structure, but it's only because there has to be one. We are having the problems. I don't have a problem. And you, as my direct report, don't have a problem. We have well, yeah, common you're, problems you're, because it affects all of us. And so we should participate in trying to figure out how to move forward. Um, well, it's, and it's classic. Uh, but man. I like the. It's classic class. It's classic managerial collective thinking. You know, you're letting that person know that they're not alone, isolated in a bubble, because that makes them feel despondent and honestly less likely to solve the problem, even if they are the person who's purely in the driver's seat. I've run into this before with uh, MSP style situations where you have an engineer who's the one on call and they're dealing with some kind of a firefight, especially if they're more junior. And I can actually. Looking back now, I can remember my managers doing the same thing to me in certain instances where crap's going wrong and the other, you know, the person who oversees me really isn't in a position to fix it. It's on me to fix, but they still make it sound like a collective, you know, we can do this and showing support and always talking about it in the in in the we terms. But really, at the end of the day, it's it's just to make me as the individual contributor feel confident and comfortable enough to just knuckle down and, and, and get it and get it done. And yeah, but I like, I like this analogy because it gives you, it gives you a spatial, it gives you a spatial component and you can, and it's really easy to say, okay, uh, when, when you make, because I make this argument all the time as well, it's nobody's more important than anybody else. We all have our different jobs, different jobs. And without any of us, things go sideways. It doesn't, you know, title or none of that matters. If somebody's missing, the team hurts, right? And yeah. and this is this analogy speaks to that wonderfully. What's the least important player on a soccer field? Which one can you lose easily? Well, none of them. But they're no. all playing their important role. Any one of them is out, then you're a man down. You're a person down. That's that's going to hurt. Yeah, but the relative, and yeah, and this uh, this is why I love this. The relative importance of any one individual is based on the current situation on the field, and so losing yes. a defender while you know so a defender goes down because you know he got the wind knocked out of him while our team is pushing offense really hard not that big of a deal the ball's on the other side of the field he can take a second get himself back up same thing happens while we're on defense that's a much bigger issue but it's all it's a major issue yeah it's all situational stuff um context is everything context is everything so you, you said something interesting earlier you you mentioned how um having somebody who um you know, the, the, the false notion that uh, we, we sometimes think that um, incorrectly that everyone's hustling and everyone's got a got a side gig and everyone's pushing for their own startup and things like that. And you're, you're right. That is that is a falsehood. However, 
couple things about that. The people who think that way are your movers and shakers. So as soon as you see somebody who is making, and I, and I have one of these right now, one of my managers does this, does this a lot. He, he's always worried that he's not doing enough. He's always worried that he's not moving fast enough, that he's not learning quick enough, that he's not growing. And I have to keep telling him, no, you're, you're, you're good. And he's asking good questions. So, I mean, he is growing and advancing and he is doing so really quickly. And I don't think that he's genuinely, it's some people like to fish for compliments. I, I don't, I'm not getting that, that sense in this case. Um, so it's very easy to see, you know, the people who think that way tend to be the ones that who are doing those kinds of things. And so it's very easy, you know, the people who are self-starters and, and have that kind of drive and initiative, they sort of wave their hand in the air and, and make, make it super, super obvious. Um, the other thing that jumped out at me, you, you mentioned how uh, the work itself, uh, you know, being having focus, having a f- personal focus outside of work uh, rather than your job being the focus or your professional development being the focus is OK. Yes, 100 percent. That is absolutely OK. However, I would still have the same expectations of freedom and maneuverability on the work playing field. I'm still striving to have all of my players have maximum latitude to move around the field as they see fit. I still want my my players to have the drive and the initiative to make that run from the backfield to the front when the opportunity presents itself. Some no, and I, I, I didn't inclined. mean to suggest that oh, I didn't okay. mean to suggest that somebody somebody that doesn't have a side hustle is one of the clover eaters. That's that wasn't. No, no. And that's not what I'm saying either. I think we're talking past each other here a little bit. Um, It's um, there is. So the 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 individuals who want to do nine to five and go home, that's okay. There is a spot on my team for nine to fivers. It can't be all the positions and you might be a little limited in upward mobility. Got to be honest. That's just sort of how it works because these things, you know, as, as they get bigger, as the job goes up, the responsibility on the field gets bigger. And so it, things don't fit into those neat and tidy buckets. However, there's always, there's, there's always room for, for that kind of thing. But even inside of nine to five, I'm still pushing for people to be willing to go outside of, at this point, probably their own preconceived notions of what their space on the on the field is. I'm still trying to break down those barriers, even for somebody who is who is not the um, the entrepreneur on the team. I still want them, you know, breaking loose if they, if they spot the opportunity, I'm still encouraging them to do so. And then, you know, at the end of the day, they go home and they focus on woodworking or whatever the heck else it is that you do over there in whatever the devil, these children do. That's what it was. Okay. I had a shower thought the other day. Where was I? I, I? I was out of the house. I had a thought. I just had this epiphany that popped into my head. I promised a link in notes like weeks ago for this video where the guy compares uh, woodworking to software development and I never dropped the I never so that'll be in that'll be in the notes for this week. Uh, oh, and uh, you found it? You 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 you, you no, remembered I, it? No, I remembered. Yeah, I it was just last night. I was at the store actually and I I don't know why this popped into my head that I promised to drop the link and I never did, but that'll be um okay. I'll put well, that uh well, where, we'll when did we talk week. about it cuz you probably should put it in the I had the foggiest idea. It, yeah. Okay. I should I should I should go back and edit the old show but i don't remember where it was well if um, we fi- if we find out we can we can always 
Yeah. You can always put it in there. We can retcon. There's no big deal. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. That's right. Time, time there is a there stuff. is a surefire Chris's Chris's surefire clover eater test, though. <laughs> I can give you if somebody This is says, my analogy, well, damn it. Back off. Meg. If if <laughs> that wasn't for you. That was a that was actually a bad one. Ignore that. If 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 somebody says, Oh, that's not my job. Nothing makes my blood boil faster. Nothing will put you in my bad graces quicker than it, that's not my job or some derivative thereof. You <laughs> can't have that. Can't because, that. and I think we actually, we may have even already talked about this at some point, but. You did. Yeah, I it's remember. It's true. You have a JD, you have OKRs or whatever you use to, you know, manage your expectations. And there are things that are in and outside of your dodecahedron, right? There are things on the soccer field that your You play the weirdest version of soccer I have ever heard. This is this is ridiculous. Do well, you carry the ball around? They're only sometimes Do you punt it through uprights, maybe? Perhaps they're only sometimes rectangular, so is the ball even round in your in your version of of soccer? No, it's it's a tesseract. I play on a higher plane, Frank. Uh, I deign to do this show with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, the analogy I use is is uh, taking a call from a customer. If you're not in a customer facing role, or picking up a piece of trash off the floor in the office, right? No, that's not. If your if your job title is software engineer, neither of those things are your job. But if if there's a hole on the field, if the situation, if the play progresses to the point where that's where you are, you do it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're having yeah. to do that day after day after day after day after day, if that is a constant background radiation against what you're actually being held accountable for, we need to have a discussion. We need to figure out, you know, we need to figure out who else needs to be there and, and what we've got to change to make sure that you can focus on what you're supposed to be doing. Well, you as the manager but, better but know that your own players out of out of alignment. Right. You should if, know that they're all in the wrong position. Not, right. So. If somebody else is not doing what they need to be doing, causing this problem, then yeah, that's that's it. That's an issue that's your for job. us. For we. Yeah. But but okay, that's not your no. All of us. Your job is to make the organization a success. So whatever needs to happen in order for that to take place, yeah, that's your job. And then downstream of that, like I said, we can have a discussion about what's expected and what's normal and, and all of that sort of thing. But um, that's, that's not my job. And it doesn't have to be those words. There are variants on it. But that that mentality, you're you're a grass eater. And it's, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. this is not my job. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're, Grass they're, eater. there's got to be a this herbivore. We could call them herbivore. <laughs> somebody who just sits on the field facing backwards, facing their own goal, eating grass. You're herbivore <laughs> and you got to get out of here. I mean, the, the other classic analogy is the nose picker, too. The kid is sitting there the in nose the grass picker. just picking yep. his nose. I mean, you know, yeah. so you just. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I have been I have used that several times and I, and I thought it was I thought it was pretty um pretty apt for um for what we uh what we try to do especially since engineers apparently love analogies so uh i really like chief repeating officer i'm gonna use that that was yeah. a, that's a good, i heard that's not i didn't invent that but uh that's a good one where did you hear that one I it was a long time ago i have no idea hmm. to be honest with you okay um 
Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, I don't have any news for this week. You got any news items for this week we can talk about? No, no, nothing, nothing stuck out at me. There was a funny thing I saw. Well, it was, it was funny, uh, not ha ha funny. Uh, there was a guy, uh, a picture of, uh, I think it was an HP maybe printer. Mm, okay. Um, and the person had discontinued whatever the, whatever the stupid razor blade service was for the, for the ink, I guess, auto shipment of the ink or I, I, Sorry, oh, razor blade, like in the, the in razor the sense blade, that the razor costs like more the than business them. model. Yeah. yeah, the business model is to sell you the handle as a loss leader and then charge right. you every time, overcharge you for the blades, mm-hmm. right, to keep you on the hook, right? That the mm-hmm. lock in um, um, or stickiness, if if you want a slightly grosser way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, the so the the printers, printers. Anybody who knows me for more than twelve seconds knows I have a fiery, passionate hatred for printers. <laughs> uh, just point blank. Anyway, there was a guy, it might have been HP, it might have been somebody else, but the, the, the LCD on the front of the printer said, oh, uh, you, 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 can't, you can't use this printer unless you re-enroll in our service. The guy had like canceled the auto renewal on the cartridges and then oh, his, printer refused, his printer refused oh, to let him gosh. use the remaining ink in the cartridges. He, now, I don't know the terms of the deal or whatever, you know, deal, whatever blood pact this guy made with HP. Um, but really slimy. That's really sc- super that slimy. That is some scumbag. That is some, yeah. some next level scumbag behavior. Like the, the people, the, the you know, uh, yay freedom people with their anti-DRM. It's like, all right, DRM, it's a thing. We even talked about this last week with the, well, yeah, we talked about with the GPUs, yeah. you know, locking the NVIDIA GPUs. That's basically just DRM and it, it got broke. But um, wherever you are philosophically with that, that's just. That's just seemed ethically wrong not to let me drain the ink out of the thing that I it, this I don't know it, it certainly not a good look uh, no for HP no oh my gosh it's 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 no. awful and you know it's with the um so so sort of borrowing the analogy to make prediction here the um uh so the razor blades you know those companies have been getting absolutely hammered by these online mail order yeah, harry's and harry's else. and um uh shave shave uh, club shave club yeah i forget I, I think that's the one that my wife and i use and um they're way way cheaper and you don't have to go to the store and yeah they, their entire marketing shtick is we're not gonna we're not gonna like string you hang you out the dry on the cost of, of razor blades why are razor blades so expensive they don't have to be this is ridiculous here buy our product and they have been taking them to the cleaners. The first bit of response I saw from it was from Gillette. And Gillette had this ad where they basically did a, and it was an emotion piece. And they did this feel good thing where they walked through. That's so sad. They walked it's so through. sad that they're. No, no, no. It wasn't gosh. like the, it wasn't the, it wasn't a sappy, you know, it, it, it wasn't. No, no. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's sad that Gillette is, is in the position where they're making emotional appeals because they're having their lunch eaten by a superior business model. <laughs> well, I, but you I don't feel it, bad for the guys. No, no, I, if I they don't. they weren't such sleazeballs. Yeah, that's just it. It's totally disingenuous. I mean, all they have to do is compete on price and they don't want to do that. So they're making this emotional no. play to try and avoid that. Yeah. So. So, you know, it's so it wasn't like a Sheryl Crow in the arms of the angels or anything like that. You know, it wasn't uh, 
it wasn't that kind of play. It was going through the um, the factory, the razor blade factory, and it's always got the guy in goggles and hard hats, and you know, it's it's that kind of thing. And they're talking about the people that make your oh, razor yeah. blades. So and, if and you they're buy Harry's razors, you're putting people out of jobs. You're, you're yeah. doing this emotional. I, I mean, the 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 implication is that you're without actually saying it, they, they, they stepped around very deftly. They, you know, you're taking American jobs and you're not supporting your neighbors. And so they're, they're saying all of this in between the lines of it. It was really, I mean, it was well-crafted scummy as hell, but, but sad and gross. Nonetheless. But sad and sad and, and gross. Um, but I mean, that's the thing about the market going to do what it's going to do and you know the the uh, nature abhors a vacuum and so people are just not going to pay it if they don't have to and so they're going to go elsewhere and they're going to lose the business end of story uh, yeah, what's a little quip the kids are saying he's so sad real sorry or whatever the uh, uh real know. sad so sorry something like that i don't know i don't know I'm, what the I'm devil a, zoomers say today i'm i'm, I'm getting yeah, I'm, I'm not in it. the know no i'm not, not in the know so anyway prediction uh, that's that's what's happening on the razor blade side. I can absolutely see something similar to that happening on the printer side. Now, interestingly, though, obviously it's a different different paradigm. I'm wondering if just not the nature of technology isn't isn't going to uh, move printers to the dustbin because I don't know about you, but I have noticed that I have printed less and less and less from college onward every year, every year I do less and less and less and more and more of it is just digital and I don't need to print. Mm -hmm. I'm using, I need to use my scanner to actually take physical copies and turn them into digital stuff less and less. I think last year I didn't have to do it for the first time at all with any of my tax material. Normally I always have at least a couple of things that I need to scan. I didn't need to scan squat this year. And so I am, I wonder if the, that kind of uh, confiscatory type, type of policy is not death throes for the printer and the printers are going to end up in the same aisle at the electronics store as DVD players and home home phones, you know, where you've got, yeah. you know, yeah, the, you know the aisle I'm goes. talking about, that one aisle that's got all this older tech that is still kind of relevant, but most people don't actually use it. So you've got Blu-ray players in there. Like you, and you, phones. Could, you could derive some use of it, you but can. you could also never buy it and be fine. Right, right. Or, you know, the, the average age of the person going down that aisle tends to be a little on the yeah. higher end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> We were thinking we were actually thinking about getting a landline uh, for the kids uh, uh, so that, you know, they can learn how to dial 911 in case. And that's a good a, idea. Put mom's phone number that. there and yeah. grandfather's phone number there. That way they can because um, we're not they're not getting they're not getting their own smart. They're not getting any kind of phone of their own for a very long time. Oh, so, my gosh. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. We thought that no. would be. No, gosh. we thought it'd be appropriate to uh, to put a landline in and. Uh, my yeah, kids are I think there's use, but the neighbor's number on there would probably be the first one. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, the other nice mm-hmm. thing is you've got a way to screen who is actually calling your kids, which I don't know. That seems kind of important. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, my, my yeah. kids are not getting phones. I I mean, I'll, I'll go on the record here saying it because I've been I've been talking about this for years. They are not getting cell phones until they are much, much older. And even then. I'm going to lock those dang things down. I don't want my kids on social media. 
I don't want my kids anywhere near that stuff is so toxic in general and especially to, you know, child development. Uh, Okay, so I owe for show notes. I will see if I can find it. There was somebody who actually did some studies about the actual mental mental brain development effects, brain chemistry effects of social media on kids. I mean, I won't bury the lead. It's effectively the same thing as as taking drugs. You know, you're getting it's these, an addiction. No, you're, you're getting these about hits of, It is yeah. an addiction process. Yeah. yeah, you're getting these these hits of dopamine. Oh, I got a I got a like. I got a thumbs up. Somebody responded, and and you know, it's that it's that fame thing. And you get but also the, the comparative bits. analysis comparative, never stops. Yes, which is which is just uh, gross. Right. Really and, and, and the and, and the it's all false facade. Everything that everyone is presenting out there is completely fabricated. Everyone makes their own life look super amazing and glamorous and just ignores all. The, well, that's what happens that you you see you see the best literally through a filter. You see the best <laughs> filtered version of everybody else's life. And psychologically, you can't help but compare that to your own inner worst self. Right. And that's that's not good for the that's not good for the brain. No, no, it's it's I do have I do have a pick an augment this week. Uh, And it is a simple, a simple little headphone. I've never had a headphone stand because I've always hung my I have uh, currently I'll have another pick uh, hopefully in a few weeks. But um, I've always hung Bose headphones. I've always hung them either. Um, on my microphone when I, when the microphone was on a desk stand or now I, I just drape them over the arm. I get a boom arm from my mic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just for reasons, uh, creature comfort, it's, it's app home, A P P H O M E, um, is the, is the, I won't read you the, <laughs> the title on Amazon is just, is just keyword spam, but <laughs> it's, it's a keyword joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is. App home upgrade, foldable headphone, stand, hanger, holder, aluminum, headset, soundbar, stand, clamp, hook, under, desk, space, save, mount, fold, upward, not in use, universal, fit, gaming, headphones, comma, black. I thought um, you said you weren't going to say it. What the hell? I wasn't going to say I wasn't going to say it, but then I couldn't. I couldn't. And then I went and said it. And then you um, went and said it. Because it's just anyway. Um. Uh, App Home is the name, and it's just it's a it's a black uh, black aluminum. It's foldable and it's desk clamp, so it it clamps like under on the lip of your uh, lip Mm -hmm. of your desk. Mm -hmm. Um, A real thick real thick screw. There's a rubber pad on the on the mount point. Um, A nice chunky knurled knob to to tighten and loosen. Um, It folds up. It's got a really soft, uh, really nice rubber. uh, rest and then it it folds up when you're you know when you don't want to use it so it's not hanging off. Um, it's even got a little folded up above that the part that folds like the 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 opposite of the hinge end of the foldy thing um, has a little more rubber right inside so that it actually grips the mount and stays. Uh, so it's well constructed snug. is what you're telling. Yeah, me. it's really, really good build quality. And nice. it's like $12 or something. Um, yeah, that came in today and I'm, I'm very impressed so far. So that's, that'll be my, that'll be my augment. Super augmented, silent and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. That's cool. I actually have a, um, I actually have uh, an undermount one that's ad- adhesive that I bought years ago. I need to move. It doesn't work for where I'm oh, at. Oh, okay. There. So I'm going to have to, uh, yeah. I may, I may get that. Because I can't move the one I have. It's it's cool. It's a double sided thing, uh, but it's on the opposite side of the desk, and 
if I rip and it it's off. like a command strip like kind a, of yeah it's just a double yeah. adhesive you know yeah. kind of thing so I got you <sighs> all right well thanks for another great episode of refactored um, appreciate your soundboard looking forward to hearing more of those uh, lovely clips Chris uh, oh you will <laughs> I'm sure um, if you want to hear more from Chris that's not sound clips, you can go over to chris.tonkinson.com. If you want to hear more from me, you can go to www.hotcoals.com. Uh, the show and the show notes, refactored.work. If you've got feedback for us, for example, like how Frank used the wrong word to describe the wrong thing today. I'm going to get a lot of mileage. Massive out of that. fail. That was a massive fail on my part. You can get, reach out to us at feedback at refactor.work. And um, also, I mean, questions. I mean, honestly, if if, if you've got uh, if you got feedback for us, you want something we I, I would love to hear. If they've got things to talk about, I will. I will talk about them because feedback, questions, ab- abrasive insults. I'll take it all. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Good show. I'll catch you next week. Thanks, man. I'll see you. Cheers.